Hello, I am Abby and welcome to the Bookshelf Collective podcast. The Bookshelf Collective is where I get to meet various people and talk to them about a book which they would recommend to absolutely anyone they may meet. Each week their book will get added to our virtual bookshelf, creating hopefully a bookshelf full of fascinating and varied reads. This week I am talking to my dearest friend Jenny, who I met whilst we studied somewhat painfully at university. (laughs) Jenny has a deep passion for anything baroque and glitteringly ornate, think Versailles on steroids, Mm -hmm. and that's certainly what drew us together. Jenny now lives on the west coast of Scotland and is currently training to be a priest. Jenny's choice of book is The Liar by Stephen Fry. I'm obviously going to give her a chance to describe the book in her own words, but I will quickly attempt a bit of background. Stephen Fry is one of those people who I cannot remember a time when he wasn't present in my life in some media form. From booming out catchphrases in Blackadder to connecting with me and I'm sure many others through his frankness when discussing his own mental health. He's globally renowned for his work in film, theatre, literature, radio and television, mastering being both on screen and working behind it. He's a tweeting phenomenon who is essentially, in my humble opinion, nothing less than a national treasure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So true. The Liar is Stephen Fry's debut novel and follows the character Adrian Healy through his life of, in Fry's own words, pastiche and pretense. This book is full of quintessential British humour and opens with the incredible line, not one word of the following is true. So without getting too much more into the book, over to you, Jenny. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So what is the book and can you describe it in your own words? Well, it is, as you said, it's Stephen Fry's um, debut novel. Mm-hmm. Um, was released, released. Look at me talking like, it, like it's an album. Um, <laughs> 1991. This was written. The greatest year known to man. My uh, year your birth. birth. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I always forget that. Mm. I was three when it came out. I obviously didn't pick it up then. But it is. <laughs> it's a fantastic novel. Um, it reads a bit like a sort of fictionalized autobiography to me. Okay. Um. You called it a lying... A lying memoir. Yeah, which I think is fantastic, considering it's called The Liar. Mm. Um, but it seems to draw, I think, a lot on his own personal experiences. I can't speak for him, of course. No. But um, it follows the character Adrian through his like school days at public school, yep. boarding school, and then he has some time out where he... Um, well... Finds himself? Well, he possibly loses himself a little bit more in his lies. All of his lies. Um, he talks about getting arrested and which happened to drug possession exactly and then he goes off to Cambridge and eventually he becomes um, a don a teacher at Cambridge at the very 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 end Uh, you don't hear a lot about that that's kind of the epilogue so you see where he ends up Um, so yeah it does read very much like this is something that Stephen has experienced and he's really drawing a lot on that and it feels quite personal it's got that touch to it which I think is why it's so successful Okay. In a lot of ways. Um, so that's that's how I would describe it. It is the story of Stephen Fry as told by Adrian Healy. <laughs> I like it. That's a good way, way of pressing it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So when did you first read or encounter this book? You said something quite interesting about the fact that you actually listened to it as an audiobook. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think I picked it up when I was about 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to read it and I got fairly far. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really clicking, and then I found it as an audiobook. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll listen to it. That sounds like a good it's idea. It's an easier way to consume. It is. And this was on tape. 
I have to say. <laughs> so we're, we're good going, old days. Yeah, we're going back a little way. I shan't do my Walkman impression again. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. <Yeah. Bzzz. laughs> I'm jumping every time it hit your in your bag. Yes, every time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow, memories. those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> bring them back. Don't bring them back. Don't bring them back. No. So um, I listened to it on audiobook, and I think that the best, the most memorable thing on that was that I think my tape player was set a little bit too fast, so slightly faster than normal, which means his voice was slightly higher, but like he was on right. helium. Yeah. So it's set up. <laughs> not, not, not obviously enough to notice. No, not enough to notice that it was, it was fast, but just enough that I was like... He's got a really high-pitched voice. <laughs> is he putting this on? Yeah, or does he put on his voice on television? <laughs> I can't decide. That's incredible. So that was great. So when I... I now have the audiobook just, like, um, as an MP3, and yeah. I listen to it now, and I think, oh, it sounds very different. <laughs> much more mellow. Much more mellow. Much more like him. So, yeah, I encountered it then when I was um, 16. I think that was a good time to read it as well, actually. For okay. me, anyway, it was... It was a good moment. A good moment. Yes. We'll definitely look into that more later. Mm-hmm. But who recommended it and how did you find out about it? Was there a recommendation through school, a friend, or was it just... I literally just picked it up off the shelf because it looked good. It does look fairly good. The cover, yeah. in, well, we have the book in front of us, and it's a very nice bluey green, I would say. Yeah. Seafoamy type yeah, situation. Teal. Yeah. yeah, and I said before, Stephen Fry's name on it is massive. <laughs> bigger than the title. It's bigger than the title. It's about half the page. It's definitely like, I am Stephen Fry and I have written a book. Come and pick me up. Well, it worked. Obviously. It did work. It did. And then there's the chameleon. Yes. Who I love. I think he's fab. Um, yeah, so it's got a quite a striking cover and the audiobook looks the same as well. I remember okay. it had the same... Um, same thing. They're, they've got different versions out now, which I don't think are quite yeah. striking. But I'm very much a judge of book by its cover. Oh, definitely. I do. Like, if something's yeah. got an interesting oh, yeah. cover, I pick it up. If something hasn't got an interesting cover and I've not been recommended it, it, I'm like, I don't care. I'm not looking at you. But it also was sold to me by Hugh Laurie's fantastic oh, quote yeah. on the back, okay. which... It's very unfair. It took Joseph Heller seven years to write Catch-22. <laughs> Stephen seems to have knocked this one off on a couple of wet Wednesday afternoons in Norfolk. <laughs> and it's true. It reads as if he has just sat down and gone, yeah, that'll do. I'll, I'll write something. I'll write something. I'll something. Yeah, you know, I fancy writing a book. And he's just... I'm sure he hasn't because it's incredibly <laughs> multi-layered and very well crafted. Um, but I wouldn't also wouldn't put it past him to have just sat down at a weekend and gone, yeah, why not? We give it a batch. And did you know about Stephen Fry obviously before you picked up the book? He was a name that you recognised yes, and you loved. He was. And actually, he was the reason I picked it up. I don't. I think if it had been written by anybody else, I might not have bothered. No. But I had this. I think a lot of people of our generation do because he was sort of. A bit of an idol, you know. Oh, definitely. He was, you looked at him and you were like, oh, he's so clever. And especially and knowing so his past, of, you know, it hasn't always been easy for him. Yeah. He has struggled and he wasn't always academically inclined. He might have mm-hmm. loved academia, but it wasn't, it didn't always click with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely drew me, drew him to me sort of as a, he's still yeah. done fairly well. He's still pretty intelligent. Yeah, he's, he's, done, he's done all right. <laughs> he's done all right for himself. I he's mean, a, he's, he's a a nowhere. Clever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was it was him that kind of drew me in, mm. and um, 
I'm really, really glad I picked it up because it's opened up his other work yeah. as well, which is really, really good. Is it four novels he's written and two autobiographies? I think, is that right? Yeah, I think it's four novels and one or two. Moab is my wash pot, I yeah. think is his autobiography. I'm not sure if he's had another one. He might have done. I feel like he did. Probably. Um, yeah. I've only read three of <laughs> <laughs> Peter I, off there. I've only read three of his books. I've read uh, this one and The Hippopotamus and The Star's Tennis Balls. Uh, uh, both of which I would recommend as okay. well. Particularly The Star's Tennis Balls. It's brilliant. I just quite look at you seriously when you say that. The Star's, the Star's Tennis Balls. Tennis balls. <laughs> I just don't even know receive if I what that would be about. <laughs> and what was you said that you read it when you were 15, 16, mm-hmm. and what was its immediate impact on you at that age? It was like finding a friend. Okay. And it was at a time when I didn't feel like I had a lot of friends. Right. You know, I felt quite isolated. I'd like sort of half dropped out of school. Yeah. Wasn't attending, wasn't really dealing with the outside world very well, sinking very much into wasn't very engaged. Kind of depression. Yeah. So finding that and reading about reading Adrian's time at school particularly, mm-hmm. where he talks about all of these emotions and the way that Stephen's able to capture that feeling of this is the most intense emotion in the world i will never feel as pure as this and no one will ever understand Nobody because no one understand. has ever been a teenager before and i am the exactly. only one to have put myself through this yeah and he um has this brilliant couple of sections where he's describing adrian uh, or rather he's writing it as adrian and adrian's describing feeling like the whole world is spying on him and everything is fake. Like he can hear people on the sports field in the background. And he's like, no, that's not real. It's like piped in and they're all watching mm. me and they're all, they know what I'm doing and they're judging me and they're ready to just jump out and laugh at me. And I thought, yeah, I feel like that a lot of the time. Yeah. Like I'm just, like you're not just the protagonist in a film, but you're like the only real thing yeah. at all. And everyone else is sort of, um, conspiring against you and I thought it was really interesting and it gave me a kind of hope I guess right it's like oh I'm not the only person who feels like that it took me a few years to really accept that yeah because I think there's a part of us that wants to feel oh, special yeah, definitely. And, like, there's always that only thing. Only me I could do I'm the only one this. who understands the world definitely. yeah but um it was good to keep coming back to it it was almost like having a, a private like an in-joke Def- kind of thing, yeah. but not a joke. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, we understand each other. Adrian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Connect with you. <laughs> <laughs> it helps that later on he gets a girlfriend called Jenny, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, no. Does it still impact you now, and how? Mm. So who, are you still with the same character? Um, did it impact you at any other point in your life? Because you said that you've read it a few times, and you come back mm. to it, and it still engages you. I... I found, like I say, that impact of feeling like I've got a friend. Adrian will always be my friend. Right. He will. He will always be the person I I kind of associated with very strongly. And I think whenever anybody says, oh, you know, like, people sometimes say, oh, what should I listen to? What album should I listen to to get to know you? And I'm like... Well, there isn't really an album, but if you read The Liar by Stephen <laughs> Fry... That's me. That's me. <laughs> that's kind of how I see myself. Um, and, yeah, so he's my... He is, to me, what I think of as Lizzie Bennett being to you. Okay. In a way. Yeah. Like, that's how you 
in a way, that's kind of how you want to be, and that's how yeah, you want to see I didn't yourself. think I am that Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I aspire, and I have illusions of grandeur that in my head. Yes. That is very much what I come across as. In reality, yeah. it's yeah. very much. No, you're a Mary. Get back yeah. in your box. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it is the same with me. I I am Adrian, and there is a there's um a character called Samson. I've forgotten what his first name is. But his last name is Samson. And he's right. um, described as a grammar school SWAT. Right. Who's come into this public school. And he's friends with people Adrian are friends with. But Adrian does not like him. Okay. And that's how Adrian describes him. And he is a bit of a pretentious ass. I'm like, oh. Oh, so I'm a Samson. <laughs> I want to be an Adrian Healy. But I'm actually a Samson. Yeah, that's right. great. That's great. Um, so, yeah, it does still impact me. I think now, looking back, it sort of makes me think gosh, we've all been through that and we can come out of it. And then looking forward as well, because you see Adrian's life progress. And obviously, I mean, it's a different time. This was the 90s, it sort of set in the 70s and the 80s and going forward. So it's totally different. But it gives you a little bit of glimmer of hope to think that, you know, we all go through that and we can all come out of it as well and move on from it. You spoke briefly before before we started recording this, about um, having a feeling of imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. And talking more about that when, you know, you read mm. it at a later date, actually you connect almost with, you've moved on with Adrian into his life towards the end. You're like, I now connect with you on that on imposter that level. syndrome level. Yeah, absolutely. He does have that, like I said about him uh, when he's at school, he talks about being sort of yeah. caught out. And he continues to have that feeling where he, he mentions that. And I mean, he... he's at university and he's um just copied an essay um completely from um the the kind of thing you get kicked out for yeah Um, thanks for turning it in thanks for that that's really great thank you (laughs) electronic submissions of general (laughs) and this was the days of handwriting essays that he was um, so he was he could kind of get away with it but his uh, mentor trefusis calls him out on it because he has this mind that a bit like Adrian's, he's like a much older version of Adrian. Okay. And he remembered, he knows what this essay is, he knows where it's from. <laughs> he calls him out on it, but decides not to punish him and instead gives him a different assignment. Oh, okay. um, and I quite like that. So although I still feel a great connection with Adrian, I think I want to be a bit more like Donald. I want to be a right. bit more like Trefusis. Yeah. And have that sense of... I know what this person is doing. And I am in the right and I'm going to yeah. get you. <laughs> I'm going to get you, but I'm also going to teach you something. Yeah. Which I think you can appreciate as a trainee Yeah, teacher. definitely. It's yeah. not necessarily about kind of catching them out and then being like, ha-ha, caught you, you're yeah. wrong. It's more <laughs> about, okay, you did that wrong. How are we going to get this exactly better? Um, and being able to understand people, which is good for me like as a like, training priest as well, mm. is that if I can understand people and say, right, okay, so that's how this person works how am I going to get the best out of them? Definitely. Yeah, and definitely. the best for them as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so the next question, we quite definitely touched on it, but um, which character... <laughs> <laughs> which character you most associate with oh, on gosh. first reading? And has it changed though? And you have touched on that, about the mm. fact that actually, perhaps now that you're older, it's not so much Adrian. Like, Adrian will always be a best friend, but maybe that's not who you... Who I feel like anymore. No. Yeah. You know, I... I recently, because I still listen to it um, on my phone sometimes, I like, because Stephen has those lovely dulcet tones, it's Definitely. great. If I'm struggling to get to sleep, he can sort of soothe me. Yeah. Soothes the soul. Um, but there's a bit, I'm going to see if I can find it, because there's a bit a bit later on where Adrian gets 
it's just before the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets a letter from his girlfriend, right, Jenny, Jenny, who, well, I say girlfriend, they were sort of, um, well, uh, friends with benefits. I see, I, I see. Think is the word. Nothing too committal. No, exactly. As as the way you would expect hmm. with... Um, with Adrian. With, well, well, with Adrian and with, um, you know... Uh, here we go. Is that, uh, uh, is that it? <laughs> right. There's a letter. He's not done it in a way that's sort of easy right. to spot that that's the letter. Exactly. Is this the letter? So yes, and and it's described. He said he found the, that the letter could be read both as a farewell and as a plea for his return. And she starts. I cannot decide whether or not you've grown up yet. And I think, yeah, Jenny, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what is this fantasy world that men inhabit? I don't think there is anything so wonderful about hard-nosed realism or remorseless cynicism. But why must you always revert to type? (laughs) And I liked that. I liked that she had the ability to sort of call him out on it and say, you're actually being just a complete arse. Yeah. Stop it. And she comes up with this fantastic quote, little girls grow up to be women, little boys grow up to be little boys. Very true. It is very true. It is. And, yeah, and she has this. This is the bit that really resounded with me. To you and your kind, your youth and upbringing take on this great mystique, the quality of myth. The first 20 years of my life are an open book, school and home, home and school, some friends here, some friends there. To you, they are the backdrop to a gigantic world of fantasy to which you have endlessly to return. Yeah. And I think... It's interesting how that still holds quite poignant, like Mm. 20 years on or whatever it is now. Yeah, it really, really does. And it's something that I think of because the first 20 years of my life are and aren't an open book. They're an Mm. open book in one way. I'm not ashamed of people knowing about them, but I don't feel connected to them, even now. And so Jenny's sort of who I'd like to be. Okay. I hold her in a seam. So Jenny and Trefusis are and people. A combination of the two. Yeah, but I still feel quite a tie to Adrian. So yeah. I'm somewhere in between. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that book's legacy is? And what do you think it could be? Hmm. I think it doesn't have... Well, I don't know. It it's always too young to have a legacy, In I a suppose. way, yeah. Although it is 26 it's years. 26 years. But it doesn't... Yeah, I know. It's terrifying, isn't it? Yep. Sorry. <laughs> a little reminder of that. <laughs> it doesn't seem as if that many people really know about it. No, I mean, I, I knew that Stephen Fry had written novels, mm. and I knew that he... I think I've read his autobiography, but I haven't read them. I know of them, but I just mm-hmm. haven't read them. Yeah. Not, yeah. not because I don't like Stephen Fry, I love him, but it's yeah. just one of those things where I've, I don't think I've just ever got round to it. I'll no. go, ooh, yeah, Stephen Fry, I know he's read, written a book, I'll read that, yeah, like, I'll pick that up. Yeah. And I think as well, people aren't very sure what they're all about, like we said yeah. with the Stars Tennis Balls. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? What could that what? be about? <laughs> and even with something like The Liar, it's sort of, it's not very clear, and there isn't really a blurb on the back either, which doesn't help. No. So you're not getting a, an in. But I would hope that people would start picking it up. And yeah. maybe when Stephen's been out with the public eye for a little bit longer. Yes. And he's a little bit less overexposed. Because yeah, that, he... That probably doesn't help. No. No, he no, is. He can have a tendency to be everywhere. Yeah. Which is not necessarily his fault. Sometimes no, no, it's no, just no. the BBC. The BBC. Who can we roll out this time? Either Sandy Totsvig or, or Stephen Fry. Fry. Well, we'll or Sly Super Or Claire Balding there yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> 
Or I mean, do you love that? them all, all four all of them, them. Yeah. but it, it is a bit of a repetition process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So I would hope that people would start picking it up because like we've said, that imposter syndrome feeling that... Uh, oh, I'm me against the whole world kind yeah. of thing. It taps into some really sort of universal feelings that we all struggle with Definitely. at some point or other in our lives at different levels. Yeah. But at the same time, it's incredibly entertaining and very well written. Yeah. You so. don't feel like you're being preached to or it's a bit too heavy and like oh yeah. you're actually hitting a bit home too yeah. hard and it's not exactly pleasant. it's yeah too... it's not too angsty it sort of says it like it is mm. and but gives it doesn't patronize the way adrian behaved when he was younger okay it allows him to be that way and allows him to grow and yeah. therefore you as a reader are allowed to feel that way yeah. and allowed to grow um without judgment and i think that's that's a very difficult thing to do definitely really. especially in a debut novel mm. so why would you recommend this book to anyone not just someone not just a best friend literally mm-hmm. someone on the street literally read read it read this read this why would you recommend it <laughs> we sort of touched on it just then the, mm. because it taps into that those base feelings those universal themes yeah it has so much resonance i think with so many different people and it can be it can be that way at any point in somebody's life as well you know definitely um because i know that's the other part other sort of half of that question is like when yeah when 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 is what particular point in someone's life would Mm. you recommend it i think teenagers should read it i i advocate for it being on the on the a-level syllabus on the a-level syllabus strong would be good um or on a university literary syllabus as well actually it could be really good for we tend to avoid it seems properly contemporary literature we look at modern we look at modern and early modern yeah obviously uh, renaissance and romantics and everything but we don't look at authors writing now we don't tend to study people who are still alive no and in a way i think that it almost almost kind of links to the fact that well for example stephen fry is such a persona mm. it would be quite hard it would to disconnect think, and obviously like there's still newspaper articles about him this yeah. still pops up every so often yeah either being controversial or not being controversial and it's mm-hmm. that line of okay how much would that impact someone's studying Some, exactly suppose. someone's view of his books yeah but it could be very interesting as well it's challenging but in a totally different way to sort of trying to decipher Chaucer or Shakespeare yeah. <laughs> we won't talk about Chaucer no let's not nobody pick Chaucer as your book <laughs> um but yeah, I would definitely recommend it to younger people, but as well as a first read. As a first sort of big read. Yeah. yeah. That bridging gap of read. Yeah. this isn't, partic- maybe not from school, maybe just this is, I'm actually going to go out and buy this book and exactly. it's not in the young adult section. Yes. It's my first foray into the adult world of literature. And if you are more inclined to listen, I would definitely recommend getting the MP3 of him definitely. reading it on your Kindle or what have you I have it on my phone other devices are available other devices are available <laughs> via the apps and all um, yeah okay no I would definitely recommend either listening to it read by Stephen or or, or reading it I really, nice. really would to anybody and what are you reading at the moment final question final question we're at the end yeah. towards the end towards the end nearly there yet. home stretch not free yet <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm actually reading at the moment a series of quote cozy mysteries mm. um, what does a cozy mystery entail this cozy is mystery is sort of um 
think Agatha Christie, Miss Marple, sort of okay. slightly fuzzy, not quite as intense as um, like Midsummer Murders. That's some intense stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that haunts me from my childhood. I will never ever. Sorry, sidetrack here. But I'll never ever forget sitting in like my grandma's living room and her having Midsummer Murders on, and then just old Jonathan Creek. And not being able to sleep for literally days, thinking, I live in a village. I'm going to get killed by this old biddy <laughs> who thinks oh, I've dude. stepped on a lawn or something. Like, oh, d- never forgive. Never, never forgive. forgive. <laughs> I think Midsummer Murders would probably be considered cosy as well, oh, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking more along the lines of, like, um, what's his face and the, the born thrillers and things like Jason that. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne, Bourne Identity and that. How is Which that? Is, it's not murder, is it? But it's a thriller. Oh, my, you know. my threshold for this is obviously way lower than yours because Jason Bourne, no, I don't want to see that stuff. No, I don't want to see that stuff either. <laughs> um, but, um, and there's others, there's, the, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like really, really intense, like go with the dragon tattoo. Okay, yeah, like you're, you're on edge. A little bit fluffy. Yeah, nice backdrop. Normally kind of period based yeah. or quaint villages, that kind of thing. Okay. And this series is by Carola Dunn, who, um, I was trying to figure out whether she was English or not. She now lives in Portland in Oregon. Okay, hip. She's very snazzy, very hip. And um, she writes a series about Daisy Dalrymple. I love that name. I know. I know. And she is the daughter of a um, sadly deceased Earl or Viscount. I can't remember which. Um, But he, her father died in the influenza epidemic that hit just after World War One. Right. And her brother had died already in the war. Okay. And this is now sort of the 1920s. Yeah. Her mother, who is the Dowager mm-hmm. Countess, is uh, now living in the Dower House at the Dower yeah, Hall. Okay. Her cousin, her male cousin, yeah. who would obviously inherit, has moved into the hall. He's very All nice. I can all envisage that right now is Downton Abbey. Yes, be and the Dowager Countess. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. This is legit. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. But poor Daisy, well, poor Daisy, she doesn't mind. <laughs> she is off in London with her best friend. They're living together and she's writing. Her best friend's off Photographer and Amazing. they were getting along with being working ladies and blah blah blah. Very and modern, exactly, mm-hmm. incredibly modern, and uh, much to the chagrin of her mother. Oh no! <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Uh, luckily, you don't get much of the lady, lady, lady Dalrymple. She, oh, right, uh, okay. yeah, she's not in it. She's sidelined. <laughs> she is sidelined. Um, but Daisy gets caught up in these murders through her writing. And there's all these various okay. murders. So each book deals with a different scenario, right? And she meets the rather lovely. <laughs> Inspector Fletcher oh, dashing. from Scotland Yard, uh, who was a pilot in the Royal Air Force. Very nice. Very good, very good. And he was a history student. Yeah, bonding. Manchester, exactly. Like it. Exactly. So uh, in my head, I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tick. Tick all of the boxes. Uh, tall, dark, and handsome. Very good, of course. Very good, very good. Um, and becomes love interest. Right. Not too much of a spoiler there because it happens within the first sort of five books. Okay. It's fairly obvious at the beginning that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's very well set up, actually. And it's okay. really lovely because um, it's it's cosy and sort of fluffy enough that you can read it on holiday without being yeah. totally... <laughs> yeah. But it's it's still intense enough to keep you interested and okay. to surprise you and maybe shock turner. you a bit. Exactly. It's very much page turner. Excellent. Um, and I fully recommend it. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming along. Thank you for having it's me. lovely to have you. I'm looking forward to putting Stephen Fry the Liar up on our booktop. Mm-hmm. Online, virtual. 
In the cloud, in, in the inverted ether. commas, whatever that means. <laughs> Still don't understand. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookshelf Collective. If you want to find out more about what we've discussed today, head over to our website, thebookshelfcollective.wordpress.com. Or follow us on social media by searching for the Bookshelf Collective. Don't forget to subscribe to this bi-weekly podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookshelf Collective. If you want to find out more about what we've discussed today, head over to our website www.thebookshelfcollective.wordpress.com or follow us on social media by searching for the Bookshelf Collective. Don't forget to subscribe to this bi-weekly podcast.